Welcome to the Danger Room, a place to prepare for the opponents you are yet to face. We discuss strategy and how to level up your game in Marvel Crisis Protocol. We will have our Xavier Protocol segment, some hot takes discussing something new and shiny, and our main topic of the week. We would like to begin by thanking you, the listener, for giving us your time to listen to our opinions of the game. Welcome back to the Danger Room. Uh, I'm Jacob, also known for my blog Xavier Protocols, and with me I've got Sploosh. Hey Sploosh. Hey, what's up man? Once again, we have, uh, we're Dizzardless, so uh, the two of us are going to try and ride this one out, uh, and we've got quite a lot to say this week, so we're just going to get straight into it. First up, I'm going to talk about uh, the maths behind Quicksilver. So we're going to talk about Quicksilver in our hot takes, but he's got an interesting uh, builder attack, Supersonic Strike. It's a four dice attack, and it's got two triggers. On a crit and a shield, a block, he gets dash, he gets to um, advance short. And on a wild and a hit, he gets velocity, he gets to make another attack. Uh, may not target the original character. So I ran the numbers on those to see, well, how often are these going to come up? And the answer is, uh, unsurprisingly, you're going to get the attack more often than you're going to get the advance, because the, with there being two hit faces on the dice, one of them is uh, one crit face and one uh, block face, and the other is one wild face and two hit faces. So you're going to get velocity off more often than dash, is the first thing to say. But just with a base four dice attack, you're going to get the velocity of the extra attack off about 30% of the time and dash off 18%. So it's not going to be super common for either of them. Now with four dice, you can roll both triggers so you get to move and then make an attack, which is really living the dream because that's only going to happen 4% of the time. So these that's kind of the, the base odds. Uh, I scaled it up across five, six, and seven as well for if you give him a hammer or two or three, or you've got some extra, there's a bunch of different ways of giving him two extra dice. So just to run through some numbers quickly, um, dash goes 18% at four, 26% at five, 33% at uh, six, and 38% at seven. So if you can get two extra dice, maybe you've got Thanos running around, he might turn up a bit in season five, um, then you can get it off a third of the time to get that move off. And velocity goes 30% at four, 40% at 5, 50% at 6, and 58% at 7. So if you can get a couple of extra dice, you're a 1 in 3 chance of getting the move, and a, uh, one in, an evens chance, 50-50 chance of getting off that uh, attack. The odds of getting both of them does go up, as you'd expect, but it's still not particularly high. So 4 dice is 4%, 5 dice is 8%, 6 dice is 14%, and 7 dice is 21%. So even if you can get three extra dice, you're still you know, one, one in five, roughly, to get off the move and the attack. So when you do get it, you should feel pretty happy. You're really living the dream there. The only other stats thing around him, just to pick up on something which has been around for a while, but just to reiterate it, he gets to re-roll two of his defense or dodge dice. So he's essentially, when he's defending against physical or energy attacks, so he's essentially uh, the same as the core set Spider-Man. And way back when, um, way more than a year ago now, I ran the odds on that and just to say that is better than four dice defense. So although he only has five stamina, he's still, he's going to feel about as tanky as that corset Spider-Man, and he's only three threat, which is where a lot of people felt Spider-Man's tankiness should have been. So um, I, I quite like that that kind of survivability he's got. I think that's quite good. 
So we're going to move on and go straight into our hot takes. Um, I might as well start with Quicksilver. So Sploosh, having heard those numbers, does that change what you think about him at all? Uh, I don't know. Um, I was really looking forward to him being an X-Men, so I was kind of waiting to test him until after the announcement. Um, and then they did announce it on Thursday. I wonder, too, uh, if they announced affiliations because they wanted to on Thursday or is because the community asked for it. I personally noticed a lot of... Um, discussion around why don't we know what affiliation Quicksilver, Skylar Witch, and um, Sinister. Yeah. Uh, why, why don't we know that? I, I hope going forward they'll announce those things earlier um, so people know what they need to pre-order or whatever and can get excited for these things sooner. Um, I'm kind of sad that Quicksilver is not an X-Men personally. <laughs> That's my hot take immediately. But uh, yeah, now that I have to cope with the fact he's not, uh, as far as just as a character, I think he's going to – I think he kind of um, is like a turn one plays kind of character, which I feel like I, – I, I'm just going to speak for myself. I'm kind of bored of that by, right now. Like I, I'm just – I kind of miss just like turn one being kind of boring and then like the game starting on turn two. Um, but here we are. This is the world we live in. Um uh, then, then you're thinking like, okay, well, with I, I, there's like these wacky combos, right? I guess he can do speedster tricks and then advanced R and D, but those are tricky because you need to be in Avengers, which he's an Avenger. Uh, you want to be in like Black Order, or no, not Black Order, Brotherhood, uh, Inhumans. I guess he's, he is an Inhuman, right? So that's kind of interesting. Um, I actually think. For to me, Quicksilver comes off as a character you're going to play in affiliation, and probably you don't play out of affiliation. I, I'm willing to be wrong. Maybe there's going to be, like maybe like A Force, for example, right? Because they can give him power too. Uh, maybe there's room in the world for that. But, I mean, I, um, I don't think that's reliable enough because that requires you to be attacked in like the first couple of activations of the game in order yeah, to get someone plays. That hasn't been my experience. Reliable. Yeah, I don't right. think that, that works as well. So I think you're right. The ones he's affiliated with are the ones who've got the ability for him to do this. So Avengers, uh, uh, Brotherhood, and uh, Inhumans it, all can. Yeah, can what's these. funny too is I honestly just named those because those are affiliation or leadership abilities that are good with him. I didn't even mean for me to describe his leader, his affiliation. So it's kind of funny to me that he just so happens to be affiliated with the teams that also like work with him. I, I I'm kind of, I mean, I, you know, the playtesters can tell us. I would love to ask Pagani, for example. Like, was that a coincidence? Like, did you do this on purpose? Did Did you think like, oh, you know, he's in these teams? Like, you know, because he's a. In my, I'm not a comic book expert, but I actually think he hates the Inhumans. But whatever, he's an Inhuman. And then um, the uh, we know he's an Avenger. That's just obvious. And then what? What is the other one? Brotherhood. Yeah, I mean, Brotherhood makes sense because you know the whole like supposedly they're like brother and sister of of uh, Magneto. Yeah, in the um, very first X Men comics, he was in. The yeah, it just isn't it weird that those are also like three affiliations that have crazy power shenanigans. So mm. I, I'd be curious to know, like, kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, did they think about that a lot? And they're like, hmm, let's do some cute plays but it just so happens all those uh, leadership are yeah le all those leaderships combo with r&d to allow him to do some really insane things well that sets us yeah. up nicely why don't you tell us about some of the things he can do for those who haven't figured well, him out yet i i'm definitely not an expert on it because i've only just sort of toyed with it but he can 
be placed kind of mid uh, turn zero. You can place them in the middle of the board, and then with a discount, let's just say Avengers. He does speedster for one, uh, moves long, and then he can move long again and reach like like a panic grip situation where he can grab a back point and then uh, with R and D pick it up and then move again long away. And then he's got Trickster. It's expensive, right? Trickster's three. Yeah, he's he, can, cool. he calls it can't, me, can't yeah. catch me. Yeah, you know. Um, but what that means is, if you do somehow manage to like go after him, and he's like you just described in your earlier assessment, he's tanky. Um, he can like maybe get hit pretty hard, but then like use Trickster to get away, and uh, reliably kind of steal the initiative of the game. So, for example, in Panic Grips, which is restricted right now, uh, you know you could kind of get, get like a three to one advantage. And then you're playing leaderships with power gain or whatever, uh, especially like Brotherhood. And then you could like, you know, get rid of those um, citizens, you know. So I, I think he's a cool character. Like, I mean, I, I, I wish he was an X Men because I love playing X Men. But I hundred percent could see him being played in the other affiliations uh, with these shenanigans in mind. And I don't blame people for wanting to play that style in that way. Um. I guess the question is when I'm curious what you think, where do you see him if he's not doing shenanigans? Like what if he's just playing a straight up honest game? Yeah. I wanted to just pick up. There's, there's another situation that he's very good. So you're right. The panic grips, he's, he's very good there, but he's also very good on um, spider infected or cubes that F shape with five, uh, five uh, extracts to go for. What you can do there is if you're running Angela, you can have Angela go first she throws something, so this, uh, particularly in Brotherhood, she throws something that uses two, uh, two of her power. She gets one back from the Brotherhood, so she throws a sized object, and that gives another one to Quicksilver as well. So that avoids the need to use, um, that gets another power onto him. Uh, you then go with Angela, first activation, and you go and grab that center one, and you move back, that classic Angela opening play. But you're then sitting with Quicksilver on two, ready to have... Um, another power R&D'd onto him, so he still uses R&D, but then he's threatening either of the of your opponent's cubes or spider-infected. So whichever one you go and get, I can go and get the other one and then move long back. So again, you do the yeah. uh, you do the speedster, you interact for, the, for that third power that he's got, and then you can move back long. Uh, so, yeah, that's great. The flexibility there. Um, does the spacing work? Like, because Angela needs to be pretty well centered middle, right? To not miss the middle, but then also he needs to be centered. Have you done any? Yeah, you just or... yeah, you, you put him right next to her, and he's got wall crawler, so he doesn't care about terrain. And Angela flies, so she doesn't care about terrain. Yep. So both unless fly. there's unless uh, there are a few maps I've played on where there's a bit of terrain that blocks Angela's ability to pick up the center cube, yeah, just because of where the terrain's placed, you can't put, fit her base without overlapping. So you just keep an eye out for that. But that, that's pretty good. That allows you to go for one up on extracts. And, you know, we've seen like Hulk cubes. We know how strong that is and how much that skews the game. It's not going to win you the game straight off because both of these characters are easier to take down than, than Hulk is. Um, but it means that your opponent's on the back foot and they're having to do things that uh, enable they able to get back in the game. Uh, but you asked about where I would see him except in, in those turn one plays. And he's, he, he feels like a, a premium toad, 
so he's he feels like his he's not he's got a four dice builder so at range three which is range three is useful but four dice is pretty awful i mean we've seen how much green goblin gets played um and his big issue is power economy uh, on his healthy side um so he's got toad's toad's builder essentially with some cool widgets that we talked about in the numbers so he, he can do he's a bit better than toad but he costs more so you'd expect that he's got the ability to move extra for two which uh is further than hop but it's only if he doesn't have uh, an objective token so only if he's not holding an extract he's got the ability to get away before attack not after an attack um and he's got better defenses so he so when you sort of compare him to toad he's like yeah i can see why he's a whole threat more than toad that and he's actually got you know some health on his flip side he's still got the same five um so i can see i can definitely see that side of him he's got a splash of zemo in there because he's basically got zemo spender in cyclonic vortex is basically the same as steel rush except it doesn't have a wild lead trigger so he can do some damage with six dice at range three but it's not really why you're taking him you're taking him because of what he brings to the extract game and i guess the question you're always going to be asking yourself is do i want to pay a premium for this character or should i pay the budget option for toad and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about um two weeks ago when we uh, about our extract overview and what kind of characters carry extracts he's very much one of the fast um fast efficiency and he's losing a little bit on efficiency and gaining a bit on speed over toad and you have to kind of make a judgment is that worth the point and i suspect a lot of the time the answer is going to be no he actually has um sort of well yeah i, I think he wants to activate late um and he can he's, do some weird things right because if he's standing on like a secure, like I, I would just say his secure game is pretty strong. His extract game we just described is pretty brutal, right? But his secure game is interesting too because if you just have him sit there late on a turn and someone attacks him, he can do the trickster. I'm sorry I keep calling it trickster, but hey, you know, uh, they can't catch me. He can run away and then then activate late and kind of move back onto the point. Um, so he sort of defends himself, but then also can like help contest things without dying or or whatnot it you know it, it's maybe not the strongest thing because maybe he's like has trouble actually killing the person but at least you're like breaking even on that point and at a three thread is a pretty reasonable cost to be contesting things but i do think like on uh the most extreme exception uh, example is fisk and terrigen mist um he can with his speedster ability completely cross the entire table and i've found when what the problem with fisk and terrigen mist is you get into these like ridiculous sort of almost draw like situations to the point where those the online league had even made up new rules on how to address draws because i feel like fisk kind of created that situation where you could theoretically play a game for almost infinity um and so like the fact that quicksilver can just like chill and hang out on let's say the quote-unquote your side of the board and then randomly just last activation cross the entire table and contest a point would theoretically force an opponent to like almost keep two characters on like a fisk scenario or otherwise what it could happen is um quicksilver goes contest the opposite side of the board and then you score two and the opponent scores nothing which then would be theoretically game winning Right? Are you following what I'm saying there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, less extreme example, if you're playing like on a D scenario, he could just like randomly go across the board and maybe 
create um, the same effect, but less dramatic, right? Like, so maybe he just causes your opponent to score one less VP. And then for one turn, you're like up a VP and then maybe play more defensively from then on. Um, Cause the game can be a lot of really close like that. I mean, just an it, example. It, it I can, mean, but yeah. I think if you're taking him, your primary reason for having him in the list is for extract play. And you don't necessarily want to be running a character with an extract last activation over to a secure. Yes, you're going to deny them that one VP, but you're probably going to give them one VP when they daze Quicksilver at the beginning of the next round and pick up his extract. Well, no, you could do like Toad takes it off him, something like I that. Mean, yeah, maybe. Or, and, um, and I was I was kind of using the example of what happens when he doesn't have an extract. Um, you know, maybe yeah. he always does, right? Like, I mean, he's not always going to have one. So you're right. It's 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 a useful tool in the toolbox. I don't think it's the reason you're taking him in the list. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, if you're playing, like, Wakandan Herbs and, and Fisk, and there's kind of no extract play happening. Uh, I've mm. played that situation multiple times throughout the la last season, um, including my game where I, I lost in the, uh, you know, the, the cut. You know, my game, mm. it was Herbs and Fisk. So I'm just saying, like, his alternate win condition could be just make the opponent not score for a turn. If if I had correctly um, caused my opponent in the in that game to not score for one turn, which was my goal, and I messed it up, uh, I would have won that game. So, like, I'm you know, it, it's just interesting to me. Like, he does have that weird ability to do something kind of unexpected because he's doing three long movements it's ridiculous i mean that's really far right mm. um let's anyway. talk quickly because we know in the unusual situation of knowing his tactics cards normally when we do these hot takes we've got no idea what cards they come with um the one i want to talk about is can i borrow that which is uh whenever if he makes an attack which deals damage he can pay two and he can yoink uh an extract from someone do you see that as a key part of his kit that's a tricky question. So it's worth noting, I know you know this, but this thing doesn't work on every um, extract. It, it fits the rules of sin, right? So it like doesn't take citizens, is that right? So uh, it says one asset token, target character. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I was told. Um, yes, assets are different from civilians, so you're right. It doesn't work on civilians. So there... I mean, it's cubes and, I don't know, a few others. But it's, it's not a huge list. I think it's just a couple cards, actually, that that actually works for. Um, weirdly enough, does that also mean he can steal herbs from, uh, like, uh, Enchantress can? I think it does, right? Yep. That's, that's really obnoxious. <laughs> it's not that he can score the opponent's herb, but just stealing it makes it impossible for them to score it. Yeah, and then you move away long, um, and suddenly they're like, oh, I worked so hard getting that towards there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the card's fine. I don't know if it's going to be like meta-breaking, because there's so many good cards in the game right now. Yeah, I, for, for me, I'm not sure it really ever makes the, the roster, unless you have this as your very specific answer to a problem we're going to talk about later. So I may, I'm going to circle back yeah, to this card, I was, which I was is honestly why... Thinking. Yep. Which is why I wanted to bring it up now, because we're going to be talking about a problem. And one of the few solutions to that problem is this card. Yeah, I mean, just so backing up, though, you could play cubes in your in your list. And then knowing even though you don't have priority, you could use this as like your priority buster. 
that would be interesting. It's kind of expensive and to set and it up. The, the big issue is you've got to deal damage. So if you're using it early game, you're probably only using your four dice attack. And so you've got a four dice physical attack and you've got to deal damage with it. So you've yeah. got to be bringing some yeah. re-rolls or some some like dice mitigation or extra dice or something in order to make sure that goes off. Otherwise, this whole plan falls apart and it, yeah. I will compliment the card. It's basically, in my opinion, an errata um, because it says after the attack is made, you get to play this card. And the um, Widow version of the card, I believe it's before you make an attack, play the card, then hope you do damage. Yeah, that definitely feels a lot better. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm medium on this card, but I could see it being like, anytime you're dealing with extracts and VPs in this game, it's, I think it's always like something you got to keep your eye on. I mean, look at Hired Muscle. It seemed like such an innocent card, you know, right on the beginning. But, you know, once you kind of, kind of, break the game down into VPs and how many points you can score in a turn and da da da. You know, it gets it gets into a whole nother layer, right? Yeah, but I mean there's, there's way more counterplay to this card. There's, you know, bodyguard, you've got uh, things like uh spider uh uh yeah uh, ghost spider with her lifesaver pulling people out. So there's there's ways of preventing the attack and therefore preventing the damage. So it, it feels like this this is this is a fine card and it's it's fun. It's kind of um, it reminds me of sort of Quicksilver in the movies, you know, the um, the one from the X-Men movies rather than the, the Marvel movies, the one like the cheeky thief guy. He's like, can I borrow that? Whoop. It, it fits really well with that. So it's very, it's got great uh, theme to it, but I'm not sure it's something that I'm seriously considering when Quicksilver's in my roster. I was trying to think of like playing this card when you don't have priority, but it's probably, it's still just best when you do have priority, right? It's sort of similar to Enchantress. Like, you just move your character twice next to someone that's already activated, then the next turn you play this card or hope to play well, it. I mean, maybe in Brotherhood, if you've got a bunch of people throwing stuff, like Scarlet Witch, Magneto, and like, I don't know, Valkyrie or someone, um, and then you've got Quicksilver in there, that seems like a, a, a pretty good 17 right there. So you've got three people throwing stuff, so you've got potentially him on four power when he activates last. So he can pay for both um, his speedster ability uh, to move him up there and maybe make two attacks or make one attack and uh, have the power. In fact, you only need three power on him because you're going to get one from making an attack because it deals damage. So I can see that maybe it's, it's decent in Brotherhood. That feels like it's kind of best spot. But yeah. even then, they've got so many other ways of dealing with that same problem that I, I'm not sure that it is sufficiently good. I, I will also just say this could be a card that gets better the longer the game exists, right? Because there's just going to be more extracts. God, we might even get secures that can be stolen. I mean, the way this game is going, right? They're inventing ways to play extracts as if they're secures. Why don't we get secures that play like extracts? Um, you know, yep. so... Yeah, uh, there's that. definitely. I could see this card becoming something eventually if it's not already a great card. Okay, let's move on and talk about Scarlet Witch. So um, let's go. Let's go straight to the matter. Scarlet Witch versus Modok. Who do you like better and why? I, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think you play Scarlet Witch out of affiliation. I, I don't know, man. Can I just? I'm gonna just make that hot take. Do you agree or disagree? Uh, 
unaffiliated I see, right if you were if you were hunting around for a five threat to go into i don't know a black order roster i think i'd rather have scarlet witch than what than um the modok i mean assuming we've already got reality corvus in there because that's a given but if i needed like another five for like scaling to make hit my threat values then i think i'd choose scarlet witch over modok in black order is there any other example because black order is kind of a wacky um, I mean, yeah. arguably, I don't really know how they're going to pan out, but I can see maybe in other affiliations that have got uh, an aggressive game plan, an aggressive days KO game plan. So affiliations like um, Spider Foes or X Force, maybe, um, where they've got bonuses to make your attacks even better that aren't based on rerolls. The other thing, ah, yeah, that's the other thing about Scarlet Witch. She's way better into two current uh, horrors in the meta in the form of Angela and Medusa because Murdoch's not going to get rerolls against them. True. Um, I and... mean, maybe any affiliation that gives rerolls, period, because obviously her dice are just more efficient than normal dice. So... Yeah, I can see her in uh, uh, in Wakanda, in Wandaconda. Uh, what, what's the, I know it's what, 12.5% is what a skull is? I mean, better it's... than a normal die? Yeah. I, I just want to throw that out there. It's it's nice to hear the numbers, right? So so if you take her and compare her to a normal character, she is on offense, defense, and dodge, right? Uh, yep. Yep. So she is a 12.5% better dice than a normal character, which is flat out, per die. So when whenever your die are just better than you know, everyone else's, that immediately makes your rerolls better than other people's rerolls. And, and, and I mean, think about it, right? Um, another, uh, this is kind of a tangent, but I've I've heard this and it took me a minute to figure out what the heck they're talking about. But what's the card where you get to do rerolls? It's like Matrix or something? Recalibration Matrix. Yeah, the card says you do not reroll skulls. Well, so, no, uh, it's not the card. It's just the core rule because you can't modify a skull. So if you're playing Recalibration Matrix, any skulls you've rolled stay. It's not a do-over. It's not pick up all your dice and go again. It's a modify effect. And so all the rules that apply to modify effects still apply. So you can't so, modify skulls normally. So she cannot... Okay, so the game says you cannot re-roll a skull. Yep. But she likes skulls, so that's good for her, right? Yeah, so if she rolls three skulls, you're like, well, I'll keep all those and re-roll all of these blanks I got. Right, and your yeah. opponent still has to reroll, but they can't reroll their skulls, which are bad. You got it. So if they've run, if they've rolled a bunch of skulls, then yeah, they're sad. But so that's I mean, a cute thing. I don't that, know. That's how the good thing. I think is. it's cute. Uh, I I agree. I think that's cute, and it's not doesn't strike me. It's a nice synergy, and if you were taking that card anyway, because you like how it plays with other of your characters in your roster, or you like the dice fixing, if you're one of those people who just has to have a a, a bunch of dice fixing in your roster, yeah, it's it's nice that it plays with her. I don't see it as like, oh, I'm going to really leverage this synergy to some serious advantage. Hmm. And then the Book of Truth for Brotherhood, that does let you reroll skulls, which is actually, but it's, a, that's not a choice either, right? You have to? Mm. Uh, mm. Let's see. This character rerolls all of their attack or defense dice, including skulls. So Book of Truth would be a negative, even though it's interesting because it's a Brotherhood card. She's in Brotherhood. Um. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, it's kind of I don't know. Um, I, I I don't think Scarlet Witch is as good as Modok. Um, not to say she's a bad character. I think she's strong. I and I do kind of agree with what you're trying to say with Modok. Is like Modok's weirdly like he's like really good, but like 
like he kind of enjoys having like a um like a red skull or like a what is it uh the dog there the yeah yeah kind of like some way to help him even like in x-men he like modok likes having x-men like jump him around Modok kind of likes to have a little help and he's kind of got that fat base so like any kind of movement stuff is really good for him um where Skylar which is probably a little bit more like independent but I don't yeah know. I think the other difference as well is with Modok if you don't at least get like two power off your first attack then Modok can have a sad activation and that can chain into a sad game Whereas if uh, Scarlet Witch doesn't do particularly well on her first act, she's like, no biggie, I'll just go again. And I have exactly the same odds. I'm not needing those re-rolls in order to fuel my game. And so I don't need that power. I've got cool uses for power. Size 4 throw, brilliant. Handing out judgment, great. It's a real disincentive to attacking her. Especially given that she's a, a an attrition KO-focused character. And you're going to be then punching back that person, maybe on your flip side, sure, but you're then they're not getting power for it. So even if you don't manage to take them out, they're not going to hit you back as hard. There's some really nice internal synergies on the card. Um, She's really good at like countering other characters, where Modok's kind of also good at countering other characters, but completely in the opposite re- way. Like, like Modok yeah. prevents the wilds, which stops like half the game from functioning. Um, Scarlet Witch is good against someone who wants to stop Wilds. They're both good with the Mystic. Um, man, she's squishier than he is, but he definitely has a few weaknesses. But she has probably more weaknesses. I mean, you say that, but then if once you get them flipped, and you know, sometimes you commit like I don't know a Corvus into killing someone, and they hideously overkill them because it's Corvus, and of course they do. So it kind of didn't matter that Modok had 10 health and didn't count Wilds because Corvus was going to, was pumping power into doing lots of damage. And maybe he doesn't have to put as much power into Scarlet Witch, but I think probably you do it anyway if you're the Corvus player and you've got the power, power available. And then she is way tankier on the flip side because she's got more health well, and Modok's yeah, a lot I mean... better defenses. She's so, she's, if you can get them to the flip side, she's clearly way better. And maybe that means she's better in a longer game. You know, you have those games where it goes long and Modok gets taken down, I don't know, round three, round four, and then suddenly is like, I've got one activation left in me and I've got to go first and go big because I'm about to be deleted. And I don't think Scarlet Witch feels like that. Yeah, I mean, I still would rank probably Modok better than her. Just the bow, you can't argue with bow. Being For sure, I mean, that, the best. that's the big difference. Yeah, uh, but, bow is it, probably easily the biggest reason. I mean, we could, you can nitpick. I think, like, I agree, Modok snowballs. Like, he can't. But I, I've had, I actually had a game against a Web Warrior player where my Modok did literally nothing for three turns because the opponent just you know things happen he just rolled like a god on his yeah. defense and i just couldn't get any power so without power modok is kind of inept um and oh, he's he's, he's her, under he, he's not five threats worth if he doesn't have power whereas yeah. i think even if she doesn't have power scarlet witch is going to feel like five threats worth and maybe that lack of um variance is a bit better in certain situations i don't but like also, most of the time, like a very, very, very much mass, you know, generally Modok will get that power and will snowball you out. I think that's, that's true. Thing. But the other thing Scarlet Witch will do is hand out a bunch of conditions, which means the rest of her team gets better. Yeah. I mean, so, dude, listen, I, she's clearly one of the stronger just point for point 
killing characters. Absolutely, yeah. If, if it's not if it's not clear from what we're saying, listeners, she's really good. Uh, and the fact the we're thing, even though, having a conversation comparing her to Modok tells you how good she is. The reason Modok's the relevant topic is because they're both sort of designed for killing, as Modok's name you know says. Uh, <laughs> but like, she's not an Angela. She's not an Amazing Spider-Man. She's not. Uh, who else am I missing? Corvus. She's not a Corvus, and I do think Corvus just kills better, but obviously Corvus kind of needs help, and there's a lot of things to make Corvus good. Um, I mean, you say, she, yeah, I don't know, I need, ooh, do you know what, I'm going to go and run some numbers, and maybe next yeah. week we'll have some, like, Scarlet Witch versus Corvus, and the fact, you know, if he's, she's got a size 4 throw available to her, um, that really, really ramps up essentially a third attack oh, for guaranteed fire, fire Listen, damage. No, so. uh, when I uh, do a Corvus flipped Add four dice plus Glaive's Edge, uh, you know, because Thanos gave me four dice, like, and I'm just one-shotting Angela. <laughs> like, I did that recently. It was a good time, you know? Like, Corvus yeah, is not nutty, man. Yeah. Um, Corvus is obviously tanky, too. Having the invulnerability, skulls are blocks, too, and the crits, his skulls are better than hers, mostly, but, like, you know, obviously, there's that on defense. You know, Corvus might roll two skulls and she'll roll. I mean, two he's and... he's spikier than her, but I think she's probably more consistent. And she's got fours in the defense. But you're right; the invulnerability is kind of big. Yeah, invulnerability is nutty. And then having the extra crit rolls off his skulls, I mean, and often on offense, if you roll an extra die, it's pretty much going to be another hit. Where with her, you actually have to follow some probability. Um, mm. I mean, it's I mean, a one in eight yeah. versus what a five in eight, right? And then she doesn't add dice; she just gets the result. Like anyway, so what I was trying to say in the beginning there is her job is to kill things. Um, you know, Angela and Amazing Spider-Man, their job is to like score points first, kind of, and then like also could kill things, but not mm-hmm. as good. Thor is weird. He's kind of like he can relocate characters. And he can kind of kill things pretty well, but he's kind of like more of like a mix of everything. He's definitely not super mobile. I mean, he's mobile for killing because he has charge, but he's not Angela. He's not Amazing Spider-Man. You know, like so the basically Scarlet Witch kind of has to be better than Modok, otherwise you're only playing her affiliated, which is where I started this conversation. You know, mm. she also has to be better than Corvus too, right? Because I'm gonna play Corvus and X-Men over her. I'll tell you that right now. Um, but that's because you're giving him help to get there. Her big stick is that she can do it at range four, and you know that, that's huge. Yeah, but it means that she'll, know, over the course of a game, she'll net more attacks. Having her move with X Men leadership and then do attacks is pretty good. I I just I did a I I didn't play her in a full game or anything, but I was just doing some fun dice rolls and trying out little things and like trying her dice versus other dice just to see what would happen. I honestly was. L- not as impressed as I thought I would be with her dice. Like her dice were very like consistently average, but I wasn't getting like these absurd spikes that I can expect Corvus to get. What about then? Let's talk about her cards because she's got some some fun cards. Should we talk about? I can't believe it's not Shush. Yeah, I mean, I think she immediately makes that card good because she's Scarlet Witch and she's not Ebony Maw. I you agree. The, the, the chassis you're taking it on is just so much better. They're almost incomparable. Um, uh, so. Yeah, and and I'm just like stopping a charge, insanely good. Um, it's range five too, isn't it? It's, it's exactly word for word, same as Shush. 
Yeah, um, range five, stopping a charge, super powerful. Uh, stopping a throw can't hurt. Um, I was trying to think, what's the other one? Bodyguard. Like stopping bodyguard Huge. is good. Lifesaver. Um, yeah, stopping Corvus from using his glaive edge, pretty yeah. damn good. Trickster. Um, yeah, tricksters. I mean, I think there's one other. I'm, I'm just. Oh, like well, the web warrior jump things is really good. Um, I mean, hell. Probably just stopping enchantress from stealing your objective would be pretty nice. Yeah, um, I can. That that's game game changing. That is. Yeah, I mean the list can kind of go on and on. I, I know I'm missing one though. It's like pretty much throws and charges. I guess though, it's pretty much the biggest ones. Um, and then of course all the others I mentioned, which are just as good, but not well close to just as good. Um, so I don't know. It's possible that taxes card makes her. At least more of a thought. But then Modok doesn't require any tactics cards to be Modok. But the ability to stop Corvus from doing a Glaive's Edge could be the difference between life and death, which could swing the entire game. So mm. it, it's more of a swing. Like we talked about swing turns. That card feels very swingy to me. For um, sure. Yeah. And if played right, it could win you the game. But you know what? All that does is convince me she's great in affiliation. It's really, I keep coming back to that feeling. And I think that's a decent spot. Uh, like I said, I think there's a couple of spots that she might get some some more edge over Modok, but you really need to have. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you, and that's your game plan because the extra control that Modok's bring is just so valuable. It's not an insult to be good in affiliation. Like the, she's in defenders, right? Um, yeah, and she's really opened up defenders. Right, and that's huge because now you you don't need to squeeze Modok into every portal list. Yep. You've got uh, Scarlet Witch jumping through a portal, and then that frees up a whole load of build options. Hmm. Yeah. So, hey, man, I'm not trying to say being good in affiliation is bad. It's like Quicksilver, man. Like, I said the same thing. I don't know that you play him out of affiliation, but I also wish he was affiliated with X-Men. So, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just how the game works. You're either in the affiliation tier list or you're in the unaffiliated tier list, and it's not so negative to be in one and not the other. Hmm. Okay, let's talk quickly about her other card, the Whims of Chaos. That's the one where she spends some number of power, and she's someone who's good at building power, so she's going to have power to spend. Um, and pick some characters within three equal to the amount of power that you've got, and either uh, remove damage or a special condition from allied, or gain Hexroot or Incinerate on enemies. That feels good, but... Probably not great. I, I think that feels like it's not going to make my eight. I think I'm going to reach for Shush, uh, sorry, No More Mutants first. And then, you know, Whims of Chaos, if I have like, I can see an Asgard, like extra, extra, extra healing and going for a really tanky Asgard build, that could be good. But I don't think she's got natural. I mean, maybe she's bringing Mystic Attacks to Asgard, which, you know, they didn't hate Modok. But again, Modok's health pool gels better with their leadership ability, maybe. And the fact he's not having, to, he's immune to so many of the status conditions from wilds anyway that he doesn't have to remove them. So he's got, he's, he can just spend it all on healing himself. Hmm. Maybe I'm talking it, myself. Well, the problem is, No More Mutants is so cool that. Yeah. And it's like, it reminds me of the Book of Truth, which is, you know, I, I mentioned that earlier. The Book of Truth, I remember I played it in my first games with Brotherhood. Yeah. And then I took it out because I was like, well. Asteroid M is better, and this is better, and this is better. Yeah, Magnetic Refraction is probably my second card, and this is my third card. I've got space for three cards. Yeah, it's like, it's like not a diss against the card, but like other stuff is better. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and that's, it, that's it, kind and, of how I feel. Yeah. 
I want all of my tactics cards to potentially be swing turns. Like that's my goal, well, right? How do you feel then about difficult to please? That's the one where um, Quicksilver's got to have interacted or picked up an objective token this round, so it's not good enough just to be hanging on to one. Uh, and Scarlet Witch has got to daze or KO someone, and then you get to remove an activated token from Magneto. That sounds like a swing turn. I, I heard somebody describe that on Discord as difficult to play uh, <laughs> rather than difficult to please. That's cute. Um, I think that's hilarious. I, I, my first instinct is the card is bad. I'm willing to be wrong. Um, I've heard someone say something about you don't have to play Magneto first, so like you can do all the other things and then play Magneto and then activate and then take twice. The activation. Yeah, that's kind of cute. Because I think people's first instinct is like, yeah, the yeah. first instinct is yeah, like, yeah. oh, I'll, I'll attack with Magneto, then I'll try to do the other things. But it's like, oh, wait, what if I just do the other things and then activate Magneto twice? The thing um, I like most about it is it's got no power cost. So we're starting to see more and more cards that have got individual triggers but no power cost. And this doesn't feel of the power level of Deception, but it's it's... When you get it off, it's going to be you're going to feel good. Although I do want worry a lot of the time when I'm playing Magneto, there's not a lot of terrain left after he's activated, um, and there's also not a lot of undazed people left near him after. He's activated. <laughs> yeah, everybody so, might just be dead already. So you know, yeah, I get to activate with Magneto again, but what do I do? I mean, maybe I move on to a secure and that gets me a VP, but and that's not terrible. And a VP for a tactics card, I, I that's kind of like my default ratio that i look for and if i can get better than that then great um so maybe i don't hate that but the fact then you've got to play that off against you've got to it's down to dice this scarlet witch going to ko someone um, is this card good um on like meteors or something like that uh, it's definitely it, better quicksilver it's just to... has to interact he doesn't even have to succeed at interacting yeah, correct it's definitely better if you've got a guaranteed source of interacting so for sure, if, if your game plan is I really want to play this and I want to build my team around it, then yeah, go play Pay to Interact Secures. Secure. That seems good. I, I think that could be a thing. Maybe that's a sleeper. I mean, just play. There's so many. I mean, we got to have that cable one coming out eventually. And... But then um, maybe, yeah. Maybe. Uh... Think about it, right? Like, So basically then... the only... If, if you're playing one of those cards then Quicksilver is very likely to interact with something. And then basically the only restriction is uh, Scarlet Witch doing something. Well, no, she's got today's or KO. And right, so... well, doing something. Yeah, it's doing that thing. Yeah. <laughs> so then the, basically the card reads, Scarlet Witch, days or KO, let Magneto activate twice. That's definitely better, no doubt. Um, and for no, you're then... right, the no power cost, that's pretty interesting. But the... The counterplay is, I see that in your roster, and I go, well, I'm going to pick secures against you. Maybe you go, great, I've got all these cool extract plans that I can now run, and maybe that's kind of like a, a double bluff. But Well, does this card combo well with Asteroid M, too? Maybe you could teleport to Quicksilver and then finish off all his crap. Uh, the, the Even Scarlet with... Witch can use Asteroid M, too, right? That's, she can, that's something but... that's nutty. But if she's using Asteroid M, then Magneto's not, and that's a huge opportunity cost. Yeah, no, that's more of a tangent. I'm just, I just realized in my head. Because I personally, when I picture Asteroid M, there's just a picture of Magneto next to it. Yes. You know? I mean, very but, occasionally I use it to move Toad or something, because he's. Yeah. I've overextended with him, and I need to reel him back in. Fair. 
Um, yeah, I've actually done that as well once before, where it's just like, uh, Toad is in trouble. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Actually, maybe I'm sleeping on this card. I I've never been a huge Brotherhood fan, but dear God, have they got a lot of toys? Uh, um, yeah, I was already very close to playing Brotherhood, and I would have been very happy playing Brotherhood if it were not for the topic we're about to get onto in just a minute. Well, I remember when Brotherhood first came out, people were saying they have too much good stuff. And now you've basically got the shush card and difficult to please as also contenders. That's yeah. a lot. They were already really good. They've got two, one really good character, one solid, really interesting turn one play character in affiliation. They've got some good tactics cards. Yeah, I, I, I think there's this can be, I would be surprised if they weren't popular in season five. We also assessed them in our little previous, what, maybe three episodes or so. We talked about all the affiliations and we ranked mm. them high. I think like a yeah. nine or something. Out of well, we, did, we, didn't, we didn't do sort of power, but we did uh, ceiling. Yeah, I think we gave them a nine sure. for ceiling. And um, may, maybe that now, needs to be revisited. Man, with all these new toys, maybe I've uh, slept on them a little too much. Because, mm. yeah. But speaking of Season 5, I just want to take a moment just to remind people, uh, sign-ups for Season 5 are now open, if you haven't seen, nor but posting everywhere, all over social media and on Discords. If you go and sign up for Season 5, you don't need to submit your list yet, but go and get yourself into the into the uh, tabletop organiser. Uh, and there's also some uh, one-day events coming up uh, this weekend from when we release this podcast. Uh, so sign up for them. I'm playing uh, almost certainly in the central bracket. So uh, those of you over in the States or who are awake at that time, uh, I'd love to give you some games, play some people I haven't played before because I'm normally doing the rounds in the east bracket. So, so come and come and take me on. I'd, I'd really like to meet some new people. A bunch of new stuff is legal, right? Everything we're talking about, basically. Yep, all this stuff. So Sinister, uh, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, uh, Sin, Viper, and all the tactics cards and crisis cards that go along with them. Which yeah, is, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned, by the way, that uh, you don't have to add your list because I want to sign up for season five, but I've still no idea what I'm doing with a list. So <laughs> that that relieves a little bit of pressure. Yeah, but get get your name in there, and then you know, normal will bug you about lists um, before. You know, so if your name's in there and you, I don't know, get busy and forget or something, then at least you're in the tournament, and Norbert will be sending you angry uh, private messages on Discord <laughs> saying, "Hey, send your lists, get your list in." Um, I mean, seriously, try and get your list done on time, but, you know, life happens, and it's just a good insurance to make sure you're signed up. Cool. Well, uh, after that slightly longer hot take than we were used to, uh, let's talk about what was going to be our main topic. We wanted to cover some of the new crisis cards, and there was one in particular that we wanted to start with, and it's entirely possible that we spend all of the time talking about this new one, and that's the crisis that comes with Mr. Sinister, Deadly Legacy Virus Cured, question mark. Um, and I've already, you know, I, I really liked this crisis when I first saw it, and I very quickly wrote an article and put it out there a couple of hours after it was first uh, seen. And uh, my initial thing was, this is really cool. I really liked the theme of this, and I really liked how I thought it was going to play out in terms of there's some really like scrapping over extracts and okay you've got two and i've got one i've got to keep my one away from you while i'm trying to get your two off you and if that happens then oh i score eight and suddenly i've i've from from nowhere i've pulled out a win um so i really liked how it was playing out in my head 
But then we sat down and did some thinking, me, some of the other guys in the Europe squad. I know some of the uh, Americans and the Australians have also been thinking about this. And I have come to the conclusion that I am very, very concerned about this crisis. Um, as we're going to get into it in a little bit more detail, I think this should, and I don't say this lightly, I think this should probably be banned sooner rather than later. I'm going to dig into why, but this feels worse to me than the hired muscle problem. So we're going to explain all about what I'm talking about. But Sploosh, do you want to come in on this quickly? I'm just going to start off and, and maybe it's like a thesis or what is it? Have a th- hypothesis. Uh, yeah. And my argument is this should be banned immediately, maybe by the community. Um, I, I'll start off by saying I was I went in ignorant uh, to the whole thing. And I saw a lot of chit chat here and there and people saying this is crazy. And I was I went in skeptical, like, uh, I don't know. People tend to overreact when they first see something. They're probably being silly. Right. Um, I had Jacob describe to me his thoughts on how it's played out. And uh, I think then we spent some time sort of trying to like break it more. And we kind of kept breaking it more. <laughs> yeah. And to the point where I was by the end of it a bit disgusted because I think at face value, I mean, just saying you score eight VP if you control all of them. I mean, first of all, I don't even think you're meant to really get all of them. Um, in I think it's yeah. I think it's like you know, round four, round five. After a few things have been KO'd, and maybe you're a bit behind on the on the points, and this is your catch up mechanism. And, and it's it's like I said, I really like the the design philosophy behind this, and the the way that this plays out in the theater of the mind. The issue becomes when competitive people take this and think, how can I best tailor this to win games in a competitive environment? Then I, this is where the problems come up. This is a really great crisis. I think it's one of the the, the best sort of thematic crisis to you know beer and pretzels or you know play down your local game store with low stakes and just having some fun. I think it's a great crisis for that. The the issue comes at the competitive level, and that's so our our concerns are entirely framed within that framework. This is not, no one should ever play this crisis. This is, if you want a game that is engaging and fun for both players, where both players stand decent chances and their decisions matter, then that's not this crisis. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so new. We And we're not the Reading Cards podcast, but maybe I should just read the card a little bit. Uh, okay, just this once. Yeah. Uh, so it's using map E, which is the same thing as like gamma, which most people are familiar with, gamma shelters. Uh, you get one VP for each one held. There's no restriction to how many you can hold, which is relevant to the the end of it. But uh, basically, uh, you interact with it, and you, it costs one power to pick up. And then you have to pay an extra power for each one you're holding. So it's basically you're holding one, you pay one. You're holding one, and you want a second one, you have to pay two. And then if you're holding two, You'd have to pay three for the next one, which would add up to six power to grab them all at once. Uh, there is a cute little thing that, pro- like, if you're playing a normal game of Marvel Crisis Protocol, then this is probably relevant, which is at the uh, end of each character's activation, if you're holding one of these cures, you get to remove a special condition from yourself, which is cool. Like, if somebody tried to slow you, stun you, or even stagger you, I guess. Uh, I guess, yeah. no, stagger wouldn't work unless you were really uniquely using uh, Green Goblin and his weird interaction with Peter Parker. But otherwise, there's, yeah. There's plenty of times I get characters staggered after they've activated. Yeah? Yeah. I suppose. 
Um, but anyway, uh, anyway, so then if the final thing is just that uh, if you're controlling three at once, um, the character is immediately KO'd. So doesn't matter if they're dazed or whatever, it's just they're KO'd. And you score eight VP and you remove those, those uh, extracts from the game. So they're gone. Uh, that's scored and gone. That's that's it. Uh, did I miss anything? That's pretty much how it works. Um, yeah. No, that's it. I think you, you covered that well. So, like I said, I wrote an article about scoring this, like the first activation of round one. And that was what first came up. And I, I love writing like, oh, look at these cute term one play articles. Um, I like the kind of the, the puzzle solving of them. That's not what we're talking about. That's not the issue. I mean, I, I think that's probably leading to a, a fairer game. Uh, if, I, if I were to do that, if I was going to sacrifice my nine threat bounce or my six threat hulk, which are the two ways in that article of doing it, I think, you know, you can go, huh, well, do you know what? You're up eight, but now I'm, I've got a huge advantage and I'm going to feel like this is a game and I'm gonna, maybe it's going to be a bit of a scrap. Maybe you come out ahead. Maybe I come out ahead. I think that's a perfectly fair game of MCP. So I, that's not the issue that we're talking about. The issue that we're talking about is what if I have ways of going and getting the middle and the far uh, extract, so the one that's in front of you and the one that's in the middle, and then bringing them back to me so I'm being able to retreat them to some extent so that you have to, I'm threatening to go and get the third one myself, score three on extracts for the first round, and then potentially run away with my people that have got the extracts because um, as we'll see it's very likely you're running a, a very narrow list and you can are likely to attain priority run away even further back next round and then say okay well at the beginning of round three one of the characters who's got two of them is going to have the third one passed on to them by mission objective so a team tactics card not played a lot but it got played a lot when the game first came out it was it was fun and it's really thematic where you can pass off it can be used actively or reactively a lot of people remember it for the reactive when i get dazed i hand it off you can play it actively as well to hand off a token it costs two power so by round three you'll have paid one to pick up and you'll have got two more to pay it so the very first activation of round three is i hand that off and then I score eight VPs. So you've scored three VPs on round one, three VPs on round two, and eight VPs on round three. That At the beginning of round three, that's put you on 14. You only need to have scored two VPs off secures in rounds one and two in order to just straight up win at the top of round three. Now, okay, I hear you saying, right, well, that's fine. I'll just stop you getting all three. Well, that's where the kind of the, the round one plays come in. Now it's worth saying again, this is a with priority play. So if you want one, kind of like with higher muscle, one answer is, well, just I'll win priority. But I think as we saw with higher muscle, that's not an acceptable answer. Um, so these are with priority, and I want to put that caveat in there. The probably the worst offender, as in the one that is hardest to counter with this, is in a is in a black order roster. It doesn't actually have to be Black Order. What you need is you need Thanos with a Time Gem and one other gem, probably the Mind Gem, just because it tends to come up in Thanos rosters more often. And you need Hulk with Gamma Launch. So maybe you're thinking you've got another four threat like um, Corvus in there to round out to make the 19 threat that this um, that this crisis requires or it is is up to. Does that check out? Nine, nine, six. Anyway. Um, cool. With 19, he would have the reality gem, but... 
you've right. got to have uh, yeah you've got to have the time oh, maybe it's a three threat then and it's like Proxima yeah that's right it's Proxima um, Proxima but, works at 17 I'll, I'll double check for you but I'm almost nine, positive six, 15, you 18 no, no 19 you have a full threat you've got full threat available you could put Proxima in there because she's actually pretty good and play a threat down um, and she's decent for the role you need her to play in this list but um, what you do is you then top of uh, top of top of round one the very first activation of the game Hulk Gamma launches Thanos he can move to get to the far uh, the far cube, uh, the far virus. He picks up that for one. He moves back. He picks up the middle one for uh, for two because that's the three power he started with. And then he's got another medium move off the time gem to move back again. So he can be base to base with Hulk, who's in the deployment zone. So he's sitting. If you want to picture it, he's sitting on top of the back. Uh, the back virus there. I mean, he doesn't have to sit on top of it, but to give you an idea of how far back he is, he's gone to the other side of the board with the Gamma Leap, walked once and then walked backwards twice, and he's ended up back really, really safe. There is not much that can touch him from that position. Then I go, uh, second activation I'm going to do, I'm going to go with Proxima, Proxima or Corvus or whichever, you know, whoever is going to go and pick up, maybe Captain America, we're running this in Avengers is another, another way of doing it go and pick up that um, that close one and then move back. So I've even safer with the character who's easier to daze and only has one on them. So that character has moved forward once, picked up it and moved forward, moved back again. And then all Hulk has to go and do is go and get one, um, one secure. That's all he has to do. So he walks onto a back, you know, you're already on the back D secure, or he walks onto a side B1 um, and hits something. There's loads, loads of options for how you do that. But the amount of VPs that you actually need to score to win outside of this extract play is only two. And if you think, well, okay, even if I only get one of them somehow, it's still it still feels ludicrous, the amount of catching up that people are going to have to do. Yeah, like... If you're playing like Gamma, you just score your home one twice, or yeah, you know, and having a character like Hulk, you could probably just throw someone off of it if they're trying to get in the way. Um, you know, you could play on D and score your home twice, or try to run to a left or right corner with somebody. Yeah, I mean, scoring two VP off of Secure should not be hard. If you score Fisk once, you win the game. Um, also, you're right, you can't bring the Reality Stone on Corvus, but actually that makes me think you should just put Reality on Thanos to just make him that much harder to kill. Oh, instead of Mind, yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, the yeah. Mind, what it can do is it can send people away, which he doesn't need to, unlike with um, Panic Grips, he doesn't need to spend any power, so he's got plenty of power to Cosmic Portal people away. Yeah, but he can move people anyway with um, Cosmic Portal, so he doesn't even really guess, need Mind. I guess. I mean, yeah, I, 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 it's a valid point. Maybe you could go that way. So your counterplay to this is either go and get the other Cure. So you've got to double move a long move character and go and get that Cure before as your very first, as your first activation, because I've already gone with Thanos. So you're sending him up there and then Hulk and whoever else I've got on my team is going to punch that person until they fall over and then you're going to get the cure anyway. So that doesn't feel like a great piece of counterplay right there. Um, your other bits of counterplay are things like trying to get uh, an Enchantress-style character or a Mars Morales-style character. You know, one of those characters that can... Or Quicksilver with the tactics card we talked about earlier. Getting one of those characters up 
and doing their thing that gets people to either drop or give or you know steal extracts. But with how far back Thanos is, that's really hard. Enchantress can't double medium move and be within one of Thanos with how far back Thanos is. It doesn't matter whether you've got the power to do it or not, you can't get there. So you're going to need some way of moving her up there. So you're now saying, well, okay, now my counterplay is like Enchantress, R&D, and Lockjaw. And that's that's my suite I need for counterplay in order to do that. And you know, then I've still got an Enchantress standing in front of Thanos, who's going to get punched by Thanos, who's got plenty of power to get through her defenses, and she's just going to, you know, she's just going to get taken down first activation because you're playing against this really narrow list of the next round. So there's another piece of counterplay that just feels, ugh, and again, what, what's another argument is... for reality on Thanos because yeah, for then sure. he just hits you better. Uh... Yeah, absolutely. Um, so your you kind of your other well, option. So there's I have an example. You could do uh, R and D double move pull with Gwen into like um, move with Venom or and pull again. Like you could do some pretty crazy web warrior type shenanigans. I mean potentially, but there's probably a piece of terrain Thanos can stand behind, like a bit of size two or size one that just like is annoying Fair. so that he can't yeah. go forwards. Because you've two got moves to find somewhere. To exactly, go. you've got two moves to, to get wherever you want to go. So, yeah, I, that right. totally is totally is valid. But there is counterplay to that counterplay if your if your opponent knows what they're doing with positioning. Yeah, um, I mean, you didn't mention your Hulk version. I know that's in your article, which people well, can go read. But yeah, we'll, we'll get to Hulk. To but I wanted to start yeah. with the worst case scenario so people can kind of see what the problem is and there are slightly less bad versions of this which we'll talk about as well um but this feels to me it, it, so your final your final option of counterplay is great i just need to kill thanos in a round or i need to get really far back like into their deployment zone far back and uh take out that character that's carrying one and somehow like pick it up and probably run away with it because yeah otherwise i'm in trouble so uh, let me add too. I was thinking about how you can just run away because you only have to score two VPs to win the game. Like, yep. Let that sink in for a minute. Uh, but I was thinking like, well, what if the like Thanos has two uh, extracts and like Proxima or who or Corvus or whatever has one, and you kind of separate those characters. Like then they can't do the mission objective trick. But think about it. Like on turn three, you just you know you pr you probably activate first. Um, because you had priority and you only have three characters and then Thanos Proxima. can like triple move to the character use mission objective the game instantly ends yeah well he can triple so, like, move and then cosmic portal them yeah so yeah, move like the guy moves. closer yeah yeah so like think about the distance you can have away from one character to the other and then just oh I activate I move three and a half times I win the game good game um, that's kind of nutty, right? Yeah. Uh, and just thinking about it, actually, you could put the time stone on like Corvus and R&D a power onto him, and you're in a very similar situation as well for even cheaper. It's literally just occurred to me. Oh, dear God, really? Yeah, because yeah. he does time also, doesn't he? Yeah, he can have time. And uh, they move the could... exact same distance. Yep. Doctor Strange can also have the time gem. So maybe you're going to see this cropping up in oh, like wait. the Defender's List. Oh, right. R&D is because you're down a power, right? Yeah, because you haven't got the extra gem. So then you're playing Gamma, Mission Objective, R&D. But you win the game on the beginning of round three. 
So because you've then got even more threat available to um, to go and yeah, like, I mean, I'd put my money on um, Thanos with reality gem and he's definitely health survival. and yeah, auto he's minus survival. one that yeah. like he's 100 percent not dying on but turn two turns just again if you haven't seen this go and put it on a board and just see how ridiculously far back that is and then think right which character am i going to take that is going to go and get that character and what do they have to do to get into range to make even one attack it's really really far and you're not protected by the next turn because on the next turn, he's just going to like run to the corner of the board or something. Three times, yeah. Like, and probably move your character further away, by the way. Uh, if it's so, Thanos, absolutely, yeah. So anything you're sending towards him gets mind-stoned or cosmic portals further away. Yeah, it's... Okay, so your options are A, sacrifice a character by sending them in and hope they survive. B run a play where you get someone like Enchantress with various lots of jank to get them there in the first place to get them to drop them um, and then hope they survive so they don't just pick them up again next round uh, when they're going first. Or C, take out the character that's picked up the two uh, the two cures and in the first round because they're going to be activating first and running away. It just feels like none of those are good options. I mean, maybe there's a other counterplay that I'm not thinking of, and please let us know. But those all feel like when when you were listening to to the Wills talk about why hired muscle, why I have got banned, and why panic got restricted. This feels like it's hitting all of those same boxes. It's hitting it like a home run, though, because at least with hired muscle, you could play hired muscle in basically every single affiliation and feel like you're at least kind of like breaking even. Um, with this, you're like talking about these very specific teams that are designed very specifically for this objective, and they're not like get. They're also like hired muscle. I mean, you could just not play hired muscle and play a normal game, but randomly you're gonna get that perfect situation where you get the extract you want, and you have the team that you want, and you're gonna have this massive edge over everybody. Yeah. So at least hired muscle kind of like self policed itself. This is like another layer beyond that. Yeah, and you can't just take this crisis. I mean, maybe you take this crisis in your uh, squad and hope you win priority, and then that really kind of feels like the role to win the game, and that's not a game we want to play. Right. The the best one of the best teams at countering this is defenders because you can get a whole load of threat really far up the board. So with a portal, just whack it in the middle and throw all of your good attackers through and just lay into him. And you know you might get you might get it done. That feels like the the single best piece of counterplay that I can think of currently. Yeah, and defenders got a boost because they now have witch. Yep. Um, defenders were. I mean, they're doing their thing. They they already were kind of kind of designed for that, where they can get to shoot people in deployment, and that's basically what's happening here. So it, I mean, it, it's possible though the. If your opponent sees you're playing defenders, they just don't even bother, right? They're just yeah, like, oh, um, let's just play a normal game exactly. now. Exactly, and Black Order's really strong into that kind of portals list. Um, historically, I haven't had a chance to test it properly with the new releases, but I, I don't think it's going to change the matchup significantly. I still think it's going to be largely advantaged into the, um, the Black Order list. But Yeah, so yeah. even being a counter, it just means you play fair. It's not like you win now because you countered it. Yeah. So the, the other version of this, which is um, not quite as good, I don't think, is you do it 
in uh, Defenders with Hulk going through. And he starts with three power, so you need to R&D a power on him to give him four power. Jumps through a portal, um, moves, picks it up, moves, picks it up, moves back. And he ends up, if he does that, he um, ends up around about the middle. So just kind of just inside your half. Which is a, uh, you know, it's a, um, it's easier to deal with you've, because he's so much further forward. He's like f uh, range five further forward. It's, it's almost that much. It's somewhere between four and a five. Yeah, so and Hulk is kind of like on the the home side of the middle of Gamma is where he ends up. Yeah, so he's, right? in, he's just just in your half. Yeah, so literally like kind of on that uh, on on the objective level, uh, right in the middle of the board, but in but with most of the base being in your half, nearly all of it. And th again, there's some stuff you can do to help protect Hulk. You can like um, pay one for a quay, jump through a portal, shoot twice, and then you've got a bodyguard online. Um, and if no one's come forward towards to deal with Hulk, then you just save that Aquarian activation. But there's so many displacement effects that will um, move Hulk even closer. So all of those kind of Gwen webline kind of stuff and you know deception. There's a whole host of, of counterplay that exists in the game. There's much more counterplay to that. Now you've still got an issue that you've then got to try and do something about Hulk holding cubes because he is deceptively fast. And when he's got a portal as well, to jump back through, he can get really quite far away, and you, know, you might think it worthwhile cashing in on round two with Hulk. Um, Hulk goes and beats some people up, jumps through a portal right next to Valkyrie, who's picked it up before. Valkyrie pays the two power and KOs Hulk after he's done a bunch of work. So, uh, and then you're still you've got to find another an extra three VPs from somewhere, but you've so far ahead, and you've only sacrificed six VPs, sorry, six threat, and you've got you know normal portal shenanigans you can do and you've got you know, good characters in the roster they've got a really good base of characters now so that doesn't feel as oppressive but it still feels like oh man there's not a lot i can do about this and if the if the dice if like one dice roll says no then i can't really stop it so and then they could like enchantress steal one back off of you in the middle i guess uh, yeah, that's much more possible. Yeah, Enchantress is a much better counterplay, but I mean, Hulk punches Enchantress, and you know, but still, yeah. it's it's not as bad by any means. The it's the still real super one, annoying and strong, yeah. though. You might still have a team that just can't get Hulk. Hulk has twenty health. It's not like you easily kill Hulk. Yeah, um, I mean, and, you know, they might he can't feeding him like a lot of power. Having said him. that. I've had Hulk go down from full health to, to, to KO'd in a, in a turn. That does happen uh, because yeah. he, he doesn't roll a lot of blocks. So the, the, mean, only, the only yeah. kind of thing that might be a mitigating factor here is someone goes, okay, I can see the power of this and I can see, yeah, it's really bad, but how much are you having to skew your roster in order to include this? And I think the answer is not very much. I mean, Sluice, do you want to talk to that? You sat down and did this for Black Order. Yeah, well, because Mission Objective is probably, like, the biggest out... Well, I mean, Gamma Launch isn't exactly super popular, but I think Mission Objective, to me, is kind of like the comparison to Hired Muscle. It's like, oh, well, hey, I cut Hired Muscle because it's a banned card now. Oh, um, there's this new card, tac uh, Mission Objective. I guess I'll just put that in the same slot. It's really not new. Um, <laughs> so then... The only uh, really kind of wacky one is Gamma Launch, which you know you're probably never going to use outside of this combo. Uh, but you know, what? we just restricted um, an another card. You know, all you've got, so it's like there's just room already. 
um, to throw in some gamma launching. Uh, and, that, and then adding Hulk is just one character. Um, you know, it, I don't know that that's too tough. I think most people can squeeze a Hulk in their list. Now, this is for Black Order. I mean, if you're playing another team, uh, like well, Defenders or something. Avengers. I, I, I really yeah. like Thanos and Avengers. I think that's a really nice setup. Avengers plus Thanos. I think there's great synergies there. So, you know, you might... Then again, you're just finding space for Hulk, who is an Avenger, so he can fit into other builds as well. So I, I think you know, there is a little bit of cost there, but it's not an exorbitant cost. Yeah. And then I don't know if you try to do a Thanos portal combo as well. I mean, you could put Thanos into a defender's uh, list. It's it's really tight. The, the, the yeah. That feels like there is more cost there. But you've already got the Hulk option if you're running Hulk cubes. And you just go, well, actually, that's freed me up a slot because I used to run someone like Hella or Lockjaw in that slot so they could be my other extract play. So they would go through and... Uh, with the portal and their 50 mil base, they'd be able to go and get a far thing and then move twice back. And that was a really nice play to try and set up some three twos or, or three ones um, in extract setup. But I don't need to do that anymore because I've now got two extract plays in one character who I was already taking. So it kind of, in the defenders, it frees up a slot, weirdly. I, I mean, I guess the thing is... Oh, that's kind of funny... And I just find this really easy to build this with Black Order and it doesn't change much for them. But for everybody else, it's probably going to feel more like a cost. Um, the Avengers thing is cute. It might even be, I don't know, might even be decent. But the problem with Avengers is, are they good enough Like when they're actually playing a normal game? Yeah. You know? um, and maybe that's kind of like the point I'm getting at is that the problem with this is it's like, you know, how does everyone else deal with this? You know, um, that. That's just an issue, <laughs> you know, and like you said, the Wills would talk about like, they didn't say it, but I could kind of read between the lines that when they were talking about hard muscle, they're like, well, you kind of like would have to play like deception or something or, you know, some character. And they were saying like, basically like, we didn't like that. We want people to play what they want. They want, we want people to play the team they want to play. And have a chance this of is, winning. Yeah. This is definitely like an extreme of, well, if you want to compete against this, you need a way to beat it, which sounds very, very, very limited and very focused, uh, which is even so worse than hired muscle. Mm. And the amount of teams that can even deal with it, it seems like they've shrunk dramatically. Like very few, if any at all. I mean, like tr trying to trying to bring some balance to this. If you flip it around and compare it to hired muscle, which is the obvious point of reference. This is narrower. There are few, I mean, any anyone could throw Angela and Hired Muscle into a roster, and boom, you can play Hired Muscle now. Um, okay. Whereas this, there are we've we've picked out three, and three is you know it's not one. There there are lots of affiliations that can do this or something like it. But that isn't that isn't every affiliation. We've now got what 14, 15 affiliations. I've lost track. Uh, somewhere in that region. I don't know the number. Yeah, it's somewhere there, and three of them. So like. A fifth. No, yes, yeah, fifth. So it's not the scope of this problem is maybe not as wide, but I think the depth of the problem, I think this is a bigger, if you come up against it, this is a bigger problem than the hired muscle was. Hired muscle, there were like five or six things that if you had this or this or this or this or this, then it was a game. This one, even if you have specific counterplay, even then it feels like 
you're going to, you're still going to struggle. Yeah, no, that's a good way to describe it. Um, sort of like our, what is it? Floor ceiling conversation, but in a different light. Yeah. Kind of width and width of scope and depth of problem. Hmm. Okay. Well, we were thinking we would get time to talk about the other two uh, that came out, the um, uh, research station attacked and the sword establishes based on blue moon's blue area. But I feel like we're kind of running out of time. So we might shelve those and come back to them. Um, John, maybe let's just quickly, let's end on a positive. Let's, let's just do a quick bit on research station attack actually, because I really like this crisis. <laughs> this is a great crisis. Yeah, I think it's cool. Um, you know, I was all excited when I saw these cards to talk to him, talk to Jacob about them. And after we were talking about this um, deadly legacy, it kind of like took the wind out of my sails. I was like, oh man, like no, not again. Uh, but, uh, you know, Research Station is pretty cool. It's, I'm not going to read it. You guys uh, hopefully can find it. It's out there now in the wild. Where, where did this come from? Did this come from uh, Quicksilver? Yeah, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch Pack. So it's an extract in name only, I suppose, because it's really, um, it works again, kind of like Gamma. You have a point in the back, point in the middle, and then there's like a mobile sort of secure in the middle, like as you'd picture Gamma, and you kind of fight over it as you would a secure. And then if you win, it moves like Fisk and you score two VPs. Uh, you also get to uh, eventually, hopefully, get it to like your back point, and then they no, no, score no. Two, four VPs. It's not your back point; it's actually in their well, half of the board. Well, your it's... closer point, yeah. No, 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 yeah. no. It's it's the one further away. Is it? Yeah, the evac okay. point farthest from players' battlefield edges. Their evac point. So you've got to push the citizen towards your opponent's lines in order to get it out there, which is a really nice design. I think that's a much better design than if it came towards you. Hold on. So when you scored it, does you do place it wherever you want, right? You got it. And where you're trying so, to send it is, well, I mean, if you want the bonus VPs, maybe you want to send it and bring it back or to the side where all your guys are. But if you want to score that extra sweet 4VP, then you've got to send it towards where your opponent's models are or where they were coming from at the start of the game. Interesting. Oh, that's unique. Okay. I thought it was kind of like bring it home, like capture the flag. I think that would be, it's a bit more win more. Like I'm winning and I'm winning even more and I'm making it even safer. No, really that would like... feel very win more, right? Yeah. Um, so probably if you're willing, to, if you're not willing to take a risk, because you, if you bring it towards your side of the board, you could theoretically be helping your opponent. Uh, you yeah. might want to actually move it sort of left or right, you know? Yep. Uh, yeah, exactly. probably what I would do. Um, the problem with the card, <laughs> I know you said positive, but um, during the power phase, if you control it, uh, you get to... Oh, no, is this... I thought this is the one where you get to move... Yeah, no, oh, that's yeah. the one with Cable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cable's the one where you move someone. Oh, never mind. So, no, this yeah. one's actually just positive. Yeah, yeah. Um, great. Yeah, no, I like this one with um, Criminal Syndicate a lot. Yeah, um, for sure. Just one, do you want to explain why, just in case people have missed that Yeah, so I've, I'm not going to say I'm a Criminal Syndicate veteran, but I'm a bit of a fan. And the problem with Criminal Syndicate is they win priority, they choose secures, and they love that. The bad thing is, you know, people know that. So they, if they win priority, they force you to take extracts. This is kind of like an extract, but it's really more of a secure. So it allows Criminal Syndicate to still play their game, and it gives you something to look forward to. When the, the, playing the key bit there is you don't pick up the um, the researcher, you secure the researcher. 
and criminal syndicate count double when they're securing. So they get to do their party trick on the extract as well as potentially the secure. Yeah, and it scores two VPs. So it, it operates a lot like Fisk in that you're getting two and they're getting nothing. So even if your opponent like picks like meteors or something that maybe annoys criminal syndicate, this gives them like kind of a counterbalance. And uh, like, I love, I like this card a lot for criminal syndicate. I mean, I think it's just such a great addition for them. Um, I think it's also solid in um, wider control focus lists. So we're talking about Wakanda or maybe web warriors where you want to activate last and push pull people off, um, off cry off secures well you can do that to this as well so it's a it's an extra secure that you can push and pull people off so i can see what condoms and web warriors liking so it well. here's an interesting math right so let's say you're playing a wide guardians list and i'm sure there's more wide lists out there that maybe well even criminal synagogue i mean they even had like a wide list that did well last year mm -hmm. um but let's say you're comparing this card to like cubes and let's just pretend you're playing on like a d scenario so in theory, if you can score two uh, points off your D scenario and then you play this and you win it every turn, that's four. So you win in four turns. If you were playing like cubes, you would let's just pretend you had three every turn. So that's three plus two. That's five. Five times three, 15. So that's still a four turn game. Yep. See what I'm getting at with this? So this is kind of like an interestingly safer pick and maybe easier pick for uh, like a wide team right where not only that but your opponent's not scoring anything while you're scoring this so your opponent's stuck at like six and you've got um what 12 on turn three or end of turn three so my point is uh the math if you're looking for a turn four game on a wide team this seems like a great choice because you can fight over those like say d scenario examples and then also have like some extra characters to fight over this center point um, um, yeah, I'd want to play that. My concern would be the downside of a wide team is they daze quickly because you're not taking big tanky characters. Often, I mean, Guardians are great. They they kind of hit well. Their, their, their offense is good, but their defense generally not so much. And I mean, maybe, I don't know, Drax, Groot. Uh, I mean, Groot, Groot's, Groot tends to get ignored and then uh, focused on when you want to get rid of him. Because you just choose sure, but two hear energy. me out, right? If it's like a D scenario, and you can also move this thing away, right? So you can move this towards like your two, like if you're focused, like to get parity on D, you would have your home point and like let's say left or right, and you pick those and you swarm those, and you let your opponent have their home in the opposite side, right? So in theory, for your opponent to score VPs, they need to stay where they are. So you're they're down two characters in that situation. Um, you're not exactly down two characters because you have you're winning the score you know you're up on vp and then also this thing moves right so you can move it away from your opponent's corners right mm -hmm. if you play it smart if your opponent like leaves their d scenarios then and their secures you could just double move your characters and just go score theirs right like and you wouldn't even have to you really technically wouldn't have to score this every turn but you could like maybe if they're like hedging and coming at you aggressively uh but the point is that the it's costing your opponent models to score in a in that situation and you can play it to your advantage having more stuff 
you know. I, I can see that, but I think just don't Web Warriors do that better? They're a bit tankier. They've got maybe fewer characters, but that doesn't matter as much because you've got the control effects, so they don't need as many characters well, to contest. it only matters if they can score the middle, you know? And they're less characters, so like somebody's got to stay back on their home. Well, that's true, but you know, when we're all committing people to the middle, then I've got ways of moving you off the middle. Um, Maybe. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 we're hot taking here a little bit, um, and my hot take is I think this plays better for control than it does for swarm. And maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, but what's in that swarm? You know, and I, I think that. Guardians is just an example, and like I said, even imagine a Swarm Criminal Syndicate, it's like even more, right? Yeah, I think Swarm, yeah, maybe Swarm Criminal Syndicate, that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, I don't know, it's just interesting. I, I think there's something there. Um, maybe in, There's different, you know, people can play different secures to try to counter this and play differently, and it, it gets more complicated, but... I think it's but, really fun and interesting. I agree, and it's not problematic, and I think it adds to... Uh, as to the competitive scene, um, so I think it'd be really interesting to play like Fisk and this at the same time, having like the Fisk things moving around and then this thing moving around. A lot of like, like I'd hate to play that game um, with like a shot, um, a game clock because I yeah. feel like I would be like spent. Well, maybe because uh, yeah, they'd probably put it on me, right? You'd put the clock on me. But I would be sitting think there thinking, like, typically the game the game clocks on neutral on in the power and the cleanup phase. It's only during character activations the game clocks active. Yeah, I mean, I you could argue though that like if you get to choose to move something, it should be on your clock, right? Uh, that's how I was playing it in the Quicksilver League. Uh, I, I think that's a valid point, and maybe that's some feedback from when the Quicksilver League's finished. I'm just uh, saying, my mind would melt a little bit. I'm like, well, do I want to move it towards this? And like, if I move yeah. this towards that, is that helping them to like counter my stuff now? Yeah, like, and Fisk and Terrigens know, just... are not, they're not niche, so niche that this is never going to come up. This is a, a relatively, well, not, not common, but it's not a, a hugely rare occurrence. So, so just... the fact that the board is so liquid, right? that you'd have three different points and all of them are moving around. That's, it's kind of fascinating. Um, be interesting to play that out. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, uh, thank you guys for making it through to the end. It's a slightly longer episode this week. Uh, we're very, very much hoping Dizzard will be back with us next week. If you want to come and give us some, uh, tell me the reasons I'm wrong about uh, the legacy virus and all the amazing counterplay you've got, come and join us on Discord. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes. Come and come and come and yell at me. Uh, also, yell at Splush and tell him how wrong he is about that comic thing he said earlier that I've forgotten what it was now. But he was probably wrong about it. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, thanks for sticking with us, and thanks for spending some time in the Danger Room. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of the Danger Room. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something to level up your next game. You can reach out to us on our Discord, Twitter, or Facebook. The links will be in the description. We have a questions channel on our Discord, so feel free to drop us some questions in there and we'll answer them on the show. Thank you for taking the time and listening to us. If you're liking what you hear, leave a rating or comment or even both. We appreciate any feedback to help us grow and become a better group to bring you the best quality content that we can. See you next time in the Danger Room.
Simulation complete.